Hi everyone, I'm Tony Garitano, founder of Progress and Lending Association, and I want to welcome you to another edition of the Lending Buzz podcast. I want to start off this edition like I do every edition of the Lending Buzz podcast by giving you my take. That's where I give you my take about what's going on in the lending industry today. So today I wanted to share some information that I got from Stratmore Group. They say that mortgage operations executives are encountering challenges, not only with maintaining productivity, but measuring it as well. Stratmore Group senior partner Jim Cameron details those and other challenges which were discussed in recent Stratmore operations workshops with 120 operations executives. For example, the workshop participants who represented 49 different lenders significantly overestimated the productivity of their processors, underwriters, and closers. After participants were asked to estimate the productivity of their processors, underwriters, and closers, Stratmore compared their responses to the calculated productivity of full-time employees for these positions based on quarterly application and closed loan data submitted by participants. Quote, for Q2, Q3, and Q4 of 2020, with only one exception, executives believed that processor, underwriter, and and closer productivity was much higher than the data would indicate, especially in the processor and closer categories, end quote, Cameron said. Cameron attributed the disconnect to how processors, underwriters, and closers are defined and the roles that are included in their fulfillment areas as well as the recent trend to use more task-based processing, which entails peeling off certain tasks and activities and assigning them to less experienced staff who are easier to hire. I thought that was a very interesting bit of information that we should all know. I mean, we should know exactly what our staff are doing and we should be able to measure it. Now, I'd like to turn to the executive spotlight, where we put an executive in the spotlight so he can talk about and share his or her experiences in the mortgage industry for all of us. We are joined today by Greg Richardson. He's the Chief Commercial Officer of MaxX. Greg has 30 years of professional experience in capital markets, including trading, banking, asset and portfolio management, mortgage banking, secondary marketing, and accounting. Welcome to the podcast, Greg. Thanks so much, Tony. Glad to be here. So I got your new market report uh, recently, and I thought the report and the findings were really interesting. Uh, maybe we can start off by telling our listeners a little bit about the re- genesis of the report. Sure. Uh, certainly, we're, we're very excited about uh, this is our first ever market report. Um, you know, I've, I've been publishing uh, weekly blogs, and we just felt like it was 
much more important to leverage um, the data that, that exists on, on the MaxX platform. Uh, to put it in perspective, you know, we've been effectively trading loans since the middle of 2016, locked over 18 billion loans, 180 sellers, 19 approved buyers, and we're in you know, 60 plus RMBS uh, deals in, on the Wall Street and the non-agency sector. And so, you know, as part of that, we see plenty of transactions, plenty of data, and, and realistically, there doesn't really exist in the non-agency space a good, clean, concise place to get information on what's going on in the non-agency world, specifically jumbo loans. Mostly what we put through the exchange at this time are jumbo. So we spent some time, we put, we put the market uh, report together, and really it, it's telling the story uh, about you know several different pieces of data. You know the most basic is loan, you know loan purpose, you know cash out versus refi. You know, obviously rates were historical lows last year. We saw a big mix, uh, just like the overall agency market went to refinances. Um, although we, we do we do see that now changing with uh, you know with, with rates rising. Um, you know we also break down um, jumbo versus jumbo express. That's important because jumbo express really leverages. Uh, our originator's ability to, to utilize DU and LP to make the, the closing and processing of, of jumbo loans much more efficient, less costly for them. Uh, you know, we further look at, for example, the WAC distribution and really where the WAC, which is the weighted average coupon, the, the note rates of the borrower, how that has declined over time. And, and, and what was interesting, at least in this first market report, we've actually seen um, – a contraction of the jumbo rate versus the agency rate to where it's almost actually inverted at this point, which basically means a jumbo mortgage rate is lower than a, uh, a Fannie Freddie rate, which you don't see that all that often. Uh, just shows the uh, really the, the amount of demand that exists uh, for non-agency loans. Uh, you know, throughout the latter part of of the crisis in 2020, and as we approach 2021. Um, we also spent some time just looking at you know the, the credit trends, i.e. the FICO and, and LTV combinations, and then um, you know we, we, we lastly we spent some time breaking down uh, you know our average loan amount. And, and what's interesting about average loan amounts, you know, they tend to be right around a million dollars in the jumbo space. But you know, as you would suspect, generally speaking, the purchase money mortgages tend to have a much uh, slightly higher loan size than than your re the refinance counterparts. So. Just a lot of different ways to dissect the data, and, and, and we're just getting started. It's our first one. We have so many more ideas, and you know, really, cer certainly, you know, if your if your listeners have any ideas on, on what they'd like to see uh, as it relates to non-agency and jumbo space, we'd love we'd love to be able to provide that as well. And we, we close really with a market and economic summary, which really is just nothing more than saying, okay, oh, cool. what happened in the month of in this case February. What were the major impacts from you know economic data, and how how did that impact uh, rates? So, as you look at the data from this first report, Greg, uh, was there anything that surprised you? Um, you know, not not so much surprised me. I think you know we, we dig we dig deep dig deeper. Uh, on you know what the FICO and LTV distribution was on um, you know on purchases versus refinances, and as an example, refinances obviously housing prices have, have gone up and we expect them to continue to rise. Uh, we're in the mid 60s, whereas if you look at the LTV for purchases, it, it's really more in, in the mid 70s. And obviously, when you get into purchasing. Loans, 
want to put put as uh, least amount of money as you possibly can down in, in, in the refinance space. It's all about home appreciation, equity in the home. So, you know, it, it's going to be more interesting to me to see, you know, with rates rising, um, you know, what, what the mix, number one, the mix of, you know, purchases for refi, and then where does that really drive overall LTVs um, on, on jumbos? Because at the end of the day, the people that are interested in this report are certainly the sellers because they want to make you know intelligent business decisions based off this information. But equally as important to this information is to the buyers that exist on the platform. They want to understand you know, what is actually coming on uh, on the platform, where they may, be, may maybe tweak some things in their business model to you know enhance what they're doing with their with their um, their products and their interest and and where their demand is to drive, to drive more revenue and more production. Last question before I let you go. Um, what can the listeners expect from MaxX um, as a company going forward over the next few months? What's coming up for you guys? Uh, well, well, thank you, Tony, for asking that question. We, we, we really have so many things going on, and the market's given us some, some opportunity here most recently. Uh, I'm sure your listeners are aware, and if they're not, that uh, FIFA, the regulator of uh, Fannie and Freddie, have recently uh, announced that um, mortgage originators can only sell into um, the agencies no more than 7% of second home and non-occupied loans. Well, in reality, on average, that tends to be somewhere between 9 or 10%. So it leaves, it leaves that difference, but really no, no outlet other than um, the RMBS sector, which is the non-agency side. And, and there, is, there is demand there. So we're, gonna, we're, we're having many calls there. We're talking to many, many buyers, just many many entities about what are the opportunities in that space. That one honestly just kind of came to us. Um, the other one is this transition from refinances uh, to purchase. So, you know, with the new QM rules, it's really, it's going to make things a bit easier from uh, a QM perspective to um, to get um, more what I call what would have typically been a non-QM loan under the old rules, uh, some of those loans will now fall into the QM category category. Just, you know, honestly make it somewhat simpler to originate those loans, but also at a lower uh, rate to the borrower. Um, and then lastly, uh, it's something that we have out there already, uh, Tony. We, we have an ESG program in combination with one of our investors. Uh, we, we started out in, in kind of mid-December with a, a, a MWOM, uh, Minority Women-Owned Businesses and Veteran um, Preferred Pricing. Uh, we, talk, we call it Opportunity Opportunity Express. Uh, that was rolled out uh, in the middle of December, and it's it's just gone it's gone incredibly well. And, and really, the goal there, because there's this, there's this demand from the institutional investor base, they feel like there's a pricing benefit that they feel like they can push to us to to the originators. And really, the goal is to ultimately provide a better uh, better rate to the borrower uh, in, in that sector. And um, so that, that's been very popular. And the last one, uh, we, we just came out with a sustainable, which is basically a sustainable product, which is basically a, a clean energy solution for solar panels and geothermal units. Mm -hmm. Well, what's so exciting about that product, this does not exist in the jumbo sector until now, where you can effectively uh, amortize the cost of the solar panels, geothermal units, or anything else you would consider green energy into the actual mortgage loans. You're, you end up having the ability to... Um, you know, to amortize that cost over, over 30 years. And that product also receives a, a preferred pricing. Well, Greg, as you release new reports and um, 
uh, new products and services, um, come back to the podcast. We'd love to catch up with you again. Well, I certainly appreciate it, Tony, and we, we love the work you do, and uh, we, we would like to be part of this in, in the future. So we will, I know um, Jen and our marketing team will, will stay in touch with you, and there's many more things to come at MaxX. We're super excited about it. Thanks for joining us, Craig. All right. All right, Tony. Thank you. I want to thank Greg for being our special guest on the podcast, This Issue. And I want to thank all of you for listening. With that, this edition of the Lending Buzz podcast comes to a close. Until next time, so long. Mm-hmm.